Welcome back, everybody. I've been thinking a lot lately about the way I present these podcasts and the way I project my opinion towards the world. I'm going to diverge from abstractly speaking about the implications of social media and go more on the attack. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone or even that controversial what I'm saying. It's not unknown that Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, any of these social media platforms are engineered with extremely pernicious technology that makes it very addictive to the consumer, to the end user, and it takes advantage of our neurological and evolutionary mechanisms in a way that constantly has us craving more like Skinner's pigeon constantly tick 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 the next reward and it's polarizing our world it's making us more dependent upon technology in order to feel what it once meant to be human to feel more intimacy to feel more connection with others and the end effect is that it's driving us crazy. Now, the pandemic didn't do much to help. It made the situation worse by isolating people further from each other. And in effect, we cannot use technology to cure our social ills. The former criticism of Instagram was that it created unrealistic beauty standards for women and increased the level of FOMO, that is the fear of missing out among people. Allow me to go a step further because I think these criticisms, while they're valid, they don't capture the full picture of why Instagram is such a pernicious platform for not only Gen Z, but people who have a lot of free time on their hands. Instagram is a technology that makes us feel like we're experiencing something that isn't really there. Just like dating apps are meant to supplant the need for intimacy, Instagram supplants the feeling of experiencing joy with others or feeling connected with others. The problem with Instagram isn't limited to Instagram. The Reels function of Instagram, for example, allows you to endlessly watch videos that are on four or five seconds long on average without limits. So you could literally spend your entire Sunday afternoon watching haphazardly bite-sized videos that don't demand too much of your attention on a loop. And in the end of the day, your subconscious is dominated by a bunch of random videos that have no meaning, no significance, other than to capture your attention and perhaps gain more followers for their platforms. And the reason that Instagram is so pernicious is because similar to the YouTube algorithm, it understands your viewing preferences perhaps better than you do. It shows you the most enticing videos that you like. For example, the search function for my friend looks very different because she's interested in pit bulls and makeup tutorials. Now, if you looked at my search function, you'd probably see jujitsu videos. That's extremely different preferences that are shown to both of us. But the platform is personalized in order to maximize the amount of time that you spend there. So the reels function, these videos that they're showing are also personalized. They're also different based on the user behavior interacting with the platform. In this sense, Instagram not only specializes in attention capture, but it specializes in what type of content 
they're going to show you and influencing your future behavior as well on their platform. It captures your attention and holds you there and makes anything else other than using Instagram seem very unappealing. Imagine the consequences that this has for somebody who's 17, whose brain is still developing. For people who don't have a strong sense of direction in their lives, who are wandering, they look to Instagram for guidance or to the internet in general, because the internet offers an unlimited variety of information on how to live your life. I've touched upon this in my episode on the limits of self-help and why this leads to a recursive problem rather than a definitive solution for people. They can constantly go back and find solutions to problems that hadn't existed before and constantly come back to the platform thinking that they have problems that are in fact not really there. People who are naturally inclined to solving problems, to looking for solutions in their lives, are addicted to the information that they find on the internet because they feel like they're learning more about themselves when in reality they're just consuming more and more information. Now I often quote William James on this platform. One of my favorite quotes from him is that at the end of the day your life becomes that which you pay attention to. Now imagine your life just becoming a series of non-stop Instagram reels that you watch that doesn't lead to anywhere. You're not choosing a path for yourself. You're not choosing anything to commit yourself to. You're just choosing a nonstop cycle of dopamine hits that lead to nowhere. In the moment, it might feel pleasurable. In the long term, you're wasting your days away looking at a screen, doing nothing. I can't shame people into not using Instagram, but this is a death by a thousand cuts. You age without making any progress in your life, without going anywhere. And there's no one to hold you accountable either. Because when they come for you, there was not going to be anyone to help you. And that's exactly the problem, is that there's no deeper meaning in any of this information that you're absorbing. There's no risk on your part. There's no engagement with the real world. It's all virtual. And that's my main criticism of the metaverse as well, is that at the end of the day, you'll have to take off your headset at some point and you'll realize the stark difference between the reality that you actually live and the one that's in the metaverse. Living your life more and more in the metaverse will make you more dependent upon the metaverse and more unable to deal with reality. Imagine approaching somebody at a bar in the metaverse, and it goes extremely well. They give you all the responses that you wanted. However, you try that in the real world, and all of a sudden you're met with extremely uncomfortable feelings like anxiety and nervousness. You don't know how to interpret these motions because in the metaverse, all of these were seemingly absent. A lot of who you are, who you become, is just based on exposure. Your preferences are a product of both genetics and your environment. However, the environment that we grow up in, or the environment that we spend most time in, is becoming more and more virtual than it is real. We're increasingly spending more time with our virtual friends than real ones. More time in isolation, exposed to articles that we're reading, podcasts that we listen to, YouTube videos that we watch, more so than engaging in the real world. This lack of engagement in the real world mitigates our exposure to risk. And it's exposure to risk that makes life truly worth living. Constantly playing it safe, like a kid who grows up with helicopter parenting, doesn't know how to deal with reality once his parents aren't there anymore because they never learned how to deal with insults or bullying in the first place. 
the challenges that we face in our careers or in relationships or anywhere else that we go are very different than what we're exposed to online. Let's take relationships as an example. The person you see on Tinder or on Hinge is an attempt to capture the essence of who this person is, a few profile pictures and a bio about who they are. You're really forced to judge a book by its cover in this sort of circumstance, which leads to an aggregation of preferences among men and women. Now let's focus on Instagram here, because if you constantly live in an endless cycle of dopamine hits, you're not doing anything with your life at the end of the day. If you wake up, check your Instagram. If you go to bed, check your Instagram. You're always living with the phone by your side, and you're not experiencing the world for what it really is. When they come for you, there's going to be no one to help you except for yourself. This is why resisting social media addiction is not just a matter of changing your bad habits and increasing your good ones. It's also a matter of understanding how the human brain works and what its preferences are and understanding the subconscious pull towards addictive stimuli like social media. In the end, your addiction to social media makes you depend upon a virtual world that is not a solution to your real human problems, is increasingly different than the one that you experience in the real world. I'm going to end this podcast episode with a quote from Friedrich Nietzsche, and that is, sometimes people don't want to hear the truth because they don't want their illusions destroyed. Thank you.